everybody. Welcome to episode 321 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Hope everybody's having a good day today and trying to stay cool as it seems to be certainly hot here and I'm sure hot most places in the country. It is definitely time to embrace the suck of summer training and just grind through and knowing that the hard work now will pay off later when the cooler temperatures return in the fall. I'm excited about this episode mainly because I've been getting a lot of questions recently from listeners, from athletes that I coach about my own training journey and wanting to get an update on where I am relative to chasing the big goals that I've talked about on here. And so I'm going to give you a little solo update on where I'm at with the training and how things are going, how I've been thinking about it, what I've been working on, some of the things that I've learned through the process as I head towards a Houston 2024 marathon PR attempt where I will hopefully take a big chunk out of that marathon PR and potentially take a shot at the 240 goal that I've had in my head for as long as I can remember. And so I wanted to just give you guys an update on that. And I'm not I'm not one to love to talk about myself. And so I generally keep my private journey relatively close to the vest, but people are telling me they want to hear more about it, want to learn from it. So here we are. First, quickly, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode. Thanks to John G, the running apparel company that have been partnering with me for just over a month now. I'm excited to be in partnership with them as I've known them since the very beginning of their company. And I'm really excited about what Dave and Mike have been able to accomplish. I'm also really loving their latest gear. So I'll talk about my partnership with them and give you an offer code mid-episode. So stay tuned for that. Okay, with that, let's jump in. Let's get an update on where I'm at in my training journey on the pathway towards the 240 goal that I've been dreaming about for a very long time. Before I dig into it, first I want to give a couple notes, a couple caveats, so to speak, about this as I talk through it. One is that I'm talking about my degree of fast and goals that are relative to my own personal running journey, which goes back to the year 2000. So I've been at this for 23 years of relatively consistent work. And I'm talking about chasing a 240 marathon, which is 606 per mile. And I know a lot of you out there might think, well, I can't relate to that or that's way too fast for me and my degree of fast. And I just want to encourage you that we're all on a journey towards a goal. If you're listening to this, I know you're wanting to learn, wanting to get better, wanting to improve in your own journey. And regardless of whether you're shooting for a 240, a 340, a 440 or a 540, I guarantee you that those journeys look very similar and we can all learn from each other. We can all learn from the same training principles. We can all benefit from the same training principles. And I promise you that some of the challenges that we face both in training and mentally are more common than you might think, regardless of what degree of fast you are on the spectrum. The other note here is that I've been at this for 23 years and what may be best for me may not be best for somebody listening. So you always have to filter everything as you hear about other athletes through your own filter of what is going to work best for you and how it might best apply to you. And specifically relative to me, one of the things I think to note there is that, again, I've been at this for a long time. I am really close, if not already at my potential from a running perspective because of the two decades plus of aerobic development that I've been doing. So I'm at the very, very marginal gains aspect of my journey in that I'm trying to get potentially five more minutes. My current marathon PR is 245 and change. So trying to get five more minutes out of that and I don't even know if that's possible or not, but I believe it is, and I'm doing everything I can to take a big shot and go for it. But because of that, because of I've been at this for so long, and because I'm definitely at the incremental gains portion of the equation, there are things that I have to focus on and areas of improvement that I have to dig into that 
may or may not be relevant for somebody who's either early in the journey or, or in the middle of their journey, because still, if you have a long way to go towards your potential, the fundamental principles of building easy volume, miles matter, slowing down so that you can run more, incorporating periodized training, both within cycles and across cycles, making sure that you're balancing stress and rest so that you can recover appropriately from the work. All of those fundamental principles are still relevant and still apply and may be the things that you need to be focusing on. And certainly they still apply to me too in that I'm making sure that I'm running good volume. I am periodizing my work. I am certainly balancing stress and rest for recovery purposes. But in order to get these incremental gains, I've got to be also creative and starting to get onto the edges of performance in order to to get seconds, minutes out of my body that I haven't had a chance to get yet. And so I'm I've had to be start to be creative, take some risks, do some things that I wouldn't necessarily advise to everyone. Although I think the core of what I'm doing is still again all down the middle of the fairway in terms of the principles that I preach. So with those caveats, uh, I will jump into a little bit about this journey for me. And, and I guess first I want to give just a little bit of context for those that might be newer to the podcast. I've been running for 23 years. I believe that a big part of my coaching journey is also walking the walk and living it through my own running journey. And again, I'm a 245 marathoner. I've always aspired for whatever reason to, to take a shot at 240 I've had opportunities to do that before. I think I've been in the fitness that would be at least closer to that than I have a time to represent that type of fitness. But I'm still still going for it, still believe in it. Even at 43 years old, I still think it's possible to take a shot. But again, I'm at the marginal gain side of things. And so over the last particularly 18 months, I've had to be a little bit creative about my journey in order to take another step forward. So I started this process really at the end of last year, asking myself the very real question of, is this something I still wanted to go chase? You know, it's a goal that I've always had, but at some level I had doubts subconsciously about whether it was even possible at this point in my journey and also whether or not I was even willing to do what it took to try to go for it because again I've been training pretty consistently for 23 years and chasing goals and having success and getting PRs and and all of those things and I know the work that is required especially when you get to the point I'm at in the maturity of my journey I know the work that's required in order to t- still take swings at PRs and so I had to ask myself do I want to do that work anymore I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be a runner. There's no doubt about that. But I had to ask myself, do I want to keep taking swings at PRs or, or was that I had a place where I could be satisfied and just enjoy my running journey with plenty of miles, but more casually and without the same rigor in terms of the goals. So there was a period of time at the end of 2021 beginning of 2022, where I was having to look in the mirror and ask myself those questions as I think we all have to ask ourselves those questions at various points. What do I want now and what does that look like? And for some seasons of life, it's about chasing goals. And for some, it's about enjoying the process or enjoying the camaraderie and community that running provides. So I was asking myself those questions and ultimately I came back to the idea that, yeah, I still wanted it. And yes, I still believed that it was possible, but that I knew as a coach and as someone who has a coach and has talked to her about this, I knew that I had to be creative and do some things a little bit differently. And look, I've always varied my racing. I've, I've done as more 10 Ks than I have marathons. I've done more half marathons than I have marathons. I've not done as many five Ks, but but I've always varied the types of races that I've gone after. I've always mixed in speed training, half training, full marathon training in order to stay well-rounded as an athlete, in order to keep giving myself tools in the toolkit to chase marathon PRs. But 
but I also, through all of that, had essentially tapped out my ability to build more aerobic capacity because you can only do that for 15, sometimes as much as 20 years. I've been doing this consistently for 23. And so there's not a lot of incremental benefit I can get from building aerobic capacity. My engine's pretty much as big as it's going to be from an aerobic capacity standpoint. And knowing where I was in my journey, especially as a 43-year-old now master's athlete, still believe I can get faster, but you have to think about things differently and get a little bit more creative about it. And so as I stepped into 2022, beginning of last year, setting context here, I said, look, I'm going to have to take 2022 differently. I could certainly go train for a marathon and, and take a swing at it and maybe get a PR by seconds or a minute. But if I want to take five minutes out of my PR, then I'm going to need to do something differently. And so again, with the advice and counsel of my coach and with people that I trust close to me in this training journey, I decided that 22 would be the year of speed and 22 would be the year of really incorporating heavy strength training in a way that I never have. I've pretty consistently done body weight work pretty consistently done specific rehab things that keep me injury free and have largely had success in the last 15 years of, of staying mostly injury free with the exception of a few big exceptions. But, but I knew that I needed to incorporate strength, especially as I age and muscle mass naturally decreases in order to really give myself more tools in the toolkit or staying power, particularly in the marathon. And so that's, that's the journey that was 2022. And then the plan from there forward was to rebuild my aerobic foundation, potentially be via a marathon cycle without doing a marathon before I finally turned to an official marathon cycle in 2023. The interesting part for me in this journey, and that I think might be helpful to hear for you guys, is that I knew the skills that I needed to work on and I knew what it looked like to work on those. But the thing I didn't know was how long was it going to take to feel like I'd accomplished what I needed to accomplish at each step. And so I went into this process of stepping back from what might what somebody might call traditional training and, and focusing on traditional results with no real timeline. I knew I needed to work on speed. I needed. I know I needed to add strength consistently. I knew I then needed to rebuild my aerobic foundation. And then I knew I needed to go put together a really good specific marathon block. I knew I needed to do those four things. I didn't know how long I would need to take at each step in order to feel like I'd accomplished what I needed to accomplish in order to take the next step. And so I went into it with a really open timeline. And when you... And, I, and now I have a much more defined timeline, but that has really only come together in the last three to four months. And so I went into this process again, starting at the beginning of 2022, literally 18 months ago now, and I'm still six months away, actually a little bit more than six months away from my ultimate target race. And of course, I'll have raced in those 24 months and I'll have had some indicators along the way, but in terms of the marathon itself, by the time I'm racing in Houston in January, it'll have been almost two and a half years between marathons for me. And I've had people tell me that that isn't a smart approach or that this gap somehow means I'm afraid to take a shot at this goal. And look, that's a fair question to ask and a fair point to potentially make, but as I've looked inside, ultimately what I know to be true in my heart is that I'm not afraid of it. I just know that when I go back to the marathon, I want to take the biggest swing that I can. And I don't want to shortcut or short circuit the process because I know what's required. And so as I've, as I've taken the time to digest where I'm at, to dissect what I need, and then to start to implement those elements, it's taken time. Again, not because I, I couldn't get a seconds or minute PR by doing it more quickly, but because I want five minutes. 
And that's going to take time to really, really reshape how my body has worked. And particularly in that first year, 2022, where I was into doing two speed cycles and incorporating strength at the same time, I had to be really, really patient with the process and really listen to my body along the way because I was adding heavy strength training really for the first time, which meant starting out with baby steps, working very patiently with my trainer, Jonas, but also letting my body accept that work in addition to doing the speed work at the same time in a way that was going to prevent me from getting injury, in a way that was going to allow that stuff to work without compromising what I was trying to accomplish there, and in a way that would ultimately allow me to consolidate those gains and benefits into what would be more rigorous marathon training, which meant taking it time, taking time, going slow, being patient, and in general that entire year, when in doubt, I was doing less volume than normal because that was the variable, the the pressure release valve I had to actually pull in order to incorporate the other things in a way that wouldn't push me over the top because I had so much new or at least renewed coming into play. So 2022 was about that. And interesting when I got into it, especially on the strength side, I was making gains right away, but it took much longer than I expected to fully incorporate that piece. And to be honest, it took me almost a year, probably 10, 11 months of doing that consistently before I really felt the impact in my running. That was surprising to me. I knew that it would take some time and look, I saw gains. I knew I was working. It wasn't like I wasn't getting some feedback from my body that I was getting stronger. But in terms of it making me feel faster on the run, it took me about 10, 11 months of doing it consistently before I started to say, hey, I'm actually feeling the benefit now. And so I want to take a time out briefly and kind of talk about that part of the equation because I learned a lot and I'll actually at some point bring Jonas on to talk to you guys and, and, and get his perspective on the process as well as a strength coach and personal and personal trainer. But the thing that we learned is that one, I need to be really patient with the process because I had to really get much better about my body movements in order to incorporate heavy strength in a safe way. So, so that meant spending a lot of time early on, just focus on good, clean movement, which also meant because I've become a tight runner through the years, really working on mobility in a way that would allow me to do safe squat movements, safe hinge movements, other safe movements in a way that would allow me to add weight without hurting myself. So spent a lot of time just on good, clean movement, good form without a lot of weight before we started adding weight to the equation. And that took more time than expected again, because I was having to extend my mobility in particular in ways that I hadn't in a long time. And so that took some time as a part of that process. It was also interesting because it affected my form in a way, in a sense that because I was now moving in greater ranges of motion and extending strength to greater ranges of motion, it also required me in, from a running perspective to become again, more efficient within that larger range of motion. So as I essentially rebuilt my legs and my running form in a sense from the ground up by improving mobility and adding strength in a way that was new. It pushed me into a realm of form that was going to be more efficient over time, but was initially less efficient. And it took some time and it's taken some time to really translate that into faster running, if that makes sense sense. And that's been an interesting part of the process. So one thing I would encourage anybody who's adding heavy strength to their routine, especially if they're an older runner, a post 40 year old runner, I should say, because not old yet. And there are people with more advanced age than me that I would not consider old either. But with those that have more advanced age, I would really give yourself plenty of time to incorporate that element. Because again, you're going to want to do it patiently incrementally and it may then require some 
conscious or subconscious form changes that you may have to adapt to in order to then get back to the same speeds that you can run on the road again. So I was kind of rebuilding my form, getting stronger. In the meantime, focused on speed. And one thing I found during that full year was that I was able to run really fast in workouts, have some really great workouts. When it then came to translating that into 5K and 10K speed, had a pretty good 5K result early in the year and two very mediocre 10K results. I did not, I could not translate that renewed speed over short distance, that renewed strength that was helping give me more power over short distance into 10K results that would be exciting. And in fact, in November at the Houston Turkey Trot, granted it was a warm day, I ran my slowest 10K in 20 years, but actually felt really good about that race. So the results weren't necessarily there during that part of the process, but I could see on a small scale, the wins happening, the strength in workouts, building the range of motion, the mobility improving. I could see the short interval speed better than it ever had been, or at least had been in a while. So I had little wins that I could grab onto, but was having basically a dearth of, of big wins from a racing perspective. And and at times mentally that was challenging because, you know, we always want to feel like we're moving linearly forward and it's hard when you're not. But at the same time I knew, or at least I had faith that the process I was going through was going to get results, but I didn't know. (laughs) I mean, in many ways I was taking a big risk by essentially disassembling my form, reassembling it, stepping away from traditional training by reducing my volume during this period in order to make these shifts in my training, taking a big risk. But again, through my own coaching experience and in counsel with the people that I know and trust, including my coach, Kathy, and now my strength coach, Jonas, I knew that I was taking the right steps and I had to have faith that if I kept putting those little bricks together, that they would they would eventually lead to being able to take a swing at the goal that I had. But for 2022, I wasn't getting a lot of at least external results to show that. So that's how I spent 2022. I I had initially planned to spend the beginning of 2023 with a focus on doing a marathon block to rebuild my aerobic foundation, but without racing a marathon. And so my plan at the beginning of 2023 was to do the Boston Marathon cycle with the Team Rogue athletes that were doing it, but just not race Boston. And then cover from that and rebuild base over the summer and then take a shot at Houston with a specific marathon block where I would race Houston in January 2024. Well, interestingly, it didn't happen. I actually, at the beginning of the year, for a lot of reasons, many of them travel in logistical challenges with training. I ended up getting away from consistent training, still doing the strength work, but from a training standpoint, both in volume and in workouts for the first part of 2023, I, I took a step back first unintentionally as we had some travel early in the year. And then my kids sports schedules and logistics associated with traveling for those things really took me out of training and prevented me from being able to get up and do that work consistently because of chaos in our logistical world with three kids. So initially it was unplanned, but then it became more planned as I recognized that after the hard focus work of 2022 and knowing that I still had 13 months to a target race in Houston 2024, that I needed a little bit of a mental break from training before I really stepped on it again. And it was an interesting interesting time because, yeah, there were logistical challenges, but I also wasn't feeling motivated to get up early and train, which normally I have to be up at 4.35, 4.45 to go, to go meet our group and go train with Team Rogue. But I wasn't doing it, wasn't wanting to do it fell away. People were like, what's going on with Chris? I haven't seen him in a bit. Was still running fairly consistently, but relatively low volume for me, at least 20 to 30 miles a week. So maintaining some foundation, but very, very, but not doing workouts and very, very far from 
consistent aerobic training and certainly from any form of marathon training. One thing I realized during that time is that I needed that break. I was talking to actually a friend during that time and partially frustrated with my level of motivation at the time and also recognizing that I had a long way to go if I wanted to ever do what do what I wanted to do in Houston of 2024. And my friend pointed out that over the last 15 years, really, there's only one period of time in that window. My first son was born 14 years ago, 14 and a half years ago for a period of nine months or so where I wasn't consistently training towards a, towards a goal. It had been since that time, 14 years ago, that I had ever really taken a break from rigorous training. There'd always been something, and certainly I would have little breaks within a year, you know, two to three weeks of shifting, or I'd have an injury that would force a break for a little bit. But in terms of not having a goal immediately on the horizon for the next four or five months, it had been about 14 years of consistent training and consistent work, which is great, but also taxing mentally to just be on it and to have been on it through all of 2022 without really tangible race results. Found myself at the early part of this year, just needing a little bit of a mental break, also needing some time to catch up on sleep and integrate a new level of kid logistics into my life in a way that would be sustainable for my own training. And so I took the first three, three months of the year really casually, did workouts very randomly and very, very sparsely, trained consistently, but only 20 to 30 miles a week, which is 50, 40 to 50% of what's normal for me if I'm maintaining a foundation. And it wasn't until April really right before and certainly right after the Boston Marathon and being inspired by being there that I really started to get on it again. And we'll talk about what that means in a second. I want to first talk about my partnership with John G. I've been working with them now for just over a month. They're a running apparel company that gives back to good causes in supporting water projects all over the world. So 2% of everything you buy, every dollar you spend with them goes back to clean water projects all over the world. I've known Mike and Dave, the, the two founders of John G since the very beginning, 2011, 2012, when they first started the company, I was actually on one of their original product advisory councils, helping advise on their new product and early stages of development for apparel. And man, they've come such a long way since then as a company and certainly as designers of apparel. And it's been great to try out their latest stuff that they've sent. I've been loving the all day tea and particularly the eight inch trail half tight. I'm a big half tight person and those products are really awesome. The other thing that's nice about John G is they highlight and recognize world cultures by sharing art and designs from cultures all over the world through their products to tell a story about those cultures and to raise awareness of other cultures while also giving back to clean water projects in those local areas, which is just really cool. Their mission is pure and these guys work harder than anybody else to try to do it the right way. So it's been awesome to see. The other thing that's nice is that if you buy their stuff, you get a five-year run everywhere guarantee where if something goes wrong with that product, they will replace it with no questions asked. So go check out Johnji and support a great cause doing it. I've got a code for you. You can use the code ROGUE15, R-O-G-U-E-1-5 at johnji.com or runjohnji.com for 15% off your first order. So go grab some Johnji gear and enjoy it on a run. I promise you won't regret it. Again, that code is ROGUE15, R-O-G-U-E for 15% off that next order. Go check it out. Okay, back to my journey. So here we are in 2023, sitting in April, motivated, really motivated by the Boston Marathon weekend and everything that I saw there. So came out of that and knew that it was time that basically with eight, nine months to go to Houston, that it was time to rebuild my aerobic foundation, reestablish my base so that I could begin a marathon specific block for Houston in September. So I started doing that 
building consistent volume with the focus on trying to get back up to 60, 65 miles a week for consistent volume over the summer. I've been able to do that, been rebuilding my routine, my long runs, mostly focused on easy volume while also starting to integrate workouts again. And I remember the first one I did, I was really worried about being able to hang with some members of my crew. We were doing a 1K repeat workout and I knew that I was gonna definitely back off from the paces that I would normally do because it's bit, because it had been a while. And so I stepped into that workout not really knowing how many I could do or what pace I could run. Ended up going better than expected even, even as I was being patient. And then I've been able to hit the ground running, no pun intended, since then. And now as I've rebuilt things, what's interesting is that this is the time when I've really been able to feel that strength work working. Finally, now that I've got consistent volume under my belt, I've started to reintegrate the workouts in a more traditional way, focused on aerobic strength or endurance. I'm actually feeling that strength play a role unlike last year when I knew the pieces were there, but it wasn't quite translating to faster running because I hadn't yet fully integrated into my into my form. And so here we are, 2023 in June, almost July, and it's really, really starting to come together. I can actually see the pieces fitting together in a way that makes me believe even more that I'll be able to take a good shot in January. And this week, in fact, on Tuesday, I had a really, really good workout. It was the first time in 18 months that I thought, all right, if I can do this in June on a really disgusting morning in Austin, then the pieces are coming together to really take a swing in January. It was you know, a long way from the paces I'll need to ultimately run in January. But again, on a hot day and with all the caveats, it was, it made me feel like everything I'd done to that point was working and that it was going to work and that I had to just keep taking those little steps every day in order to take a swing ultimately in January. And so here I am sitting about six months out, got a couple more months, July and August of building base and focus on consistent volume with with workouts, but without really going to the well in workouts so that in January or so that in September, I can begin a focused marathon block that has Houston in my sights for January of 2024. This week, I spent some time, as I've talked about before, really refining my bullet journaling for the rest of this year, took some time to update my habits list, my task list, so to speak, of the things that I need to really focus on starting now. And then as I get closer to race day, what I need to layer in in each of those chunks of time in order to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to take my biggest swing. And so right now I stand in a position with belief Still uncertainty. I mean, look, I don't know if this is possible or not. I don't actually know. I believe, but I don't know. The only way to know is to do. And we'll have to, again, take that shot when it comes. But I'm at great peace knowing that so far I've done everything I could. And I'm committed to doing everything I can. And so as I've reflected and started to do very, very early visualization of standing on a starting line in January, I, I am visualizing being at peace. Again, when I get there, it'll be two and a half years or more since I'll have run a marathon. And so I'm sure there will be anxiety and nerves around being a little bit out of practice, so to speak, at the marathon distance but I visualize being at absolute peace or wanting to be at absolute peace, knowing that I stand on that start line, having done everything I could. And in that knowledge, also knowing that the outcome will take care of itself, that whatever happens on that day, if I just simply do everything I can and then put everything I can into execution on that day, that the outcome will be what it's going to be. And I can be at peace regardless of the outcome, knowing that. 
you know, the theme that I've really been bringing to the top of mind lately has just simply been, as I've mentioned, I believe before, just be willing to do what it takes, be willing to do what it takes. And that's all I'm asking of myself is do everything I can, do everything in my power, control everything I can control to take a big swing at it in January. And it's been a step-by-step, brick-by-brick process that's much longer than most people could tolerate. But I think one of my strengths as a person is being able to think big picture and then simultaneously get to the next task I need to accomplish without getting lost somewhere in in being overwhelmed by the gap between where I want to go and where I am. But relying on that strength, I know I can get to that start line in January and hopefully feel like I've done everything I can do. So that's the update on where I'm at, which is a really good place. But I want to, what I want to do in wrapping this episode is just talk about some of my lessons so far that hopefully might translate to you and your training. One of them is just what I talked about. I believe I've mentioned this on other episodes, but I think we've always, always got to know what true North is. And when you get a big goal, you need to establish a new true north because I believe it's really important to be able to operate between two minds, one, knowing the big goal and how it fits and what are the steps to get there, and two, knowing the tactics, the process that it takes in the short term to go after that that goal. And then you have to kind of bounce back and forth between the two, give yourself moments to dream big and reflect on the big goal while simultaneously not being overwhelmed by the distance to that goal, but rather instead immediately look at the next thing on your list. What do I have to do today to take that next small step? And for me, again, over the last 18 months, I haven't had really any big race milestones, in fact, none that would tell me that what I'm doing is working. I don't have any results and I will do some races in the fall and I'll talk about that at the end. But I've got no data points, at least race data points to say what I'm doing is working. But I have lots of little training outcomes and lots of boxes checked, work done, things I can point to in training to say, look, I'm doing everything I can. I'm taking all the steps. I had a plan. I had a vision for how it would be put together and I've executed it for 18 months really, really well. And yeah, there's been shifts and changes and times where I've had to flex and, and adapt and do something maybe slightly different than what I thought. But overall, I've been taking those steps one at a time, one at a time. And those accumulate to eventually giving you the result that you want. And so if you're lost in where to go with your journey, that's one encouragement I would give you is think about True North. What's the big thing you want and why? And then what are the steps to get there, both at the macro level and then at the immediate micro level, and then go execute those steps one at a time. The runs the strength workouts, the other little marginal things you have to do to make it all fit together. And that's what I've been doing day by day, brick by brick, one strength workout, one run, one dosage of vitamin D at a time. That's what I've been doing. And the results now, 18 months later, are finally starting to show up in my training to the point where I believe that I'm doing the right thing. And so that's one lesson, so to speak, to share. Another would be just the patience of it all. I think we get so focused on the next five-month thing. How can I go do another race in five months? What's, when's my next marathon? If I'm trying to get a Boston qualifier, if I'm trying to get a personal best in a certain distance, when am I racing that distance next? And frankly, we become way too focused on the short term without context. And certainly there are times for that. And, and there are times to, for example, do back-to-back marathons as you take a step towards a goal. But I think too often we rush. Too often we don't give ourselves 
time to properly develop and to focus on the big picture and do the things that are going to give us that long-term potential that will be the biggest bang for our buck. And so I would just encourage you periodically to take a step back from it all and ask yourself again, what's the big goal and what do I need to do if I wasn't rushing in order to take bigger chunks? We become way too focused on the near term. And for some of you, that's going to be stepping back and focusing on speed like I've done or focusing on strength and giving yourself proper time to incorporate that or focus on building base and volume in a way that you've never done without maybe specifically having a training cycle right in front of you. So that's what I would encourage. Just occasionally ask yourself, what would I do if I was going to be working on my weaknesses in a way that was prolonged, that was rigorous, that was maybe disconnected from a specific racing cycle? What would that look like? And do it. Because there's so much magic in taking a season or maybe two seasons, or in my case, four, to take a pause from racing towards a specific goal and instead build fundamentals, volume, speed, strength. And doesn't mean you're not racing, perhaps, but it just means that the race outcomes, that those goals become secondary for a bit, and it becomes about process outcomes. And I just don't think we do that enough. We don't take that time enough. And here I am doing it. Man, it takes patience, takes a leap of faith in a sense. But I really believe the fruits of that are going to pay off in ways that it wouldn't have had I not taken this time to, to rebuild in a more holistic way. So that's another lesson. Third lesson would be Fundamentals still matter. Believe me, fundamentals still matter. Certainly, I've been working on the edges of my potential, working on the edges of my weaknesses. But when it comes down to it, the fundamentals matter now, especially I'm seeing that with this part of my block. We're rebuilding base over the summer for a Houston specific block to start in in September and just getting in the consistent mileage, getting in consistent long runs for me. There's something about 18 plus mile long runs that really starts to make my fitness pop. And I'm not getting too greedy yet, but having a bunch of 18 milers under my belt now, I'm starting to feel that play out in my in my fitness gains. So part of that slowing way down when I need to, absolutely critical to fit it all together, especially in these summer months. For me, my target. For the 240 marathon is 606 per mile. My PR stands at 618 per mile. I did a recovery run last Friday in over 10 minutes and 30 seconds per mile, nearly four minutes slower than my ultimate marathon pace because that's what my body needed on that day in the heat. And it was great. Hari was low. I actually enjoyed the run, even though it was really, really hot and gross outside here in Austin. And that allowed me to not only build aerobic capacity by running easy, it allowed my body to recover because I wasn't forcing it. Movement equals blood flow equals healing. It also allowed me to prime myself for the workout to come. And I think there's no coincidence that the following Tuesday I had an amazing workout because I went so easy on that Friday run. And it helped me enjoy it. I enjoyed the run more than I would on a normally hot and humid day because I slowed down. And you got to slow down to build volume. You got to slow down ultimately to build aerobic capacity and stay healthy doing it so that ultimately you can run as fast as you need to on workouts so that you can run as fast as you want to on race day. And those fundamentals haven't changed. Doing strides. It's a fundamental part of my plan to get ready for this marathon in January. Weekly strides outside of the work that I'm doing with my coach to make sure that I'm staying sharp, staying connected to all of that speed that I uncovered last year by weekly dosages of speed that only come in four to six strides, but that will absolutely make a difference when it matters. Fundamental stuff. It all still matters and still works. 
And that's a big part of my journey. And believe me, when I get to the marathon specific cycle in September, it's going to look like all the things I talk about on this podcast, all of those pieces that I talk about without really anything heroic, but that will allow me through those fundamental things to take the swing that I want to take. So that's number three. Don't forget the fundamentals, even as you're operating on the fringes of your opportunity areas and of potentially improving those weaknesses that you have. Number four, the mental side of the game is so important and it is just as important for me who is an experienced coach and athlete as it is for anybody else. But all the things I talk about on here from a mental standpoint, staying connected to your purpose, having mantras, sharing your journey with those close to you so that they can lift you up when you're having those tough days. It all matters. It's important for me. It's important for everyone. Can't tell you how many times I've come back to those words that have been, that become the theme of this journey, of this part of the journey for me, which is be willing to do what it takes. Tell myself that all the time. Be willing to do what it takes. That's my theme. That's my mantra, so to speak, for, for this part of my journey. And it gets me out of those funky days when I don't want to do it, which happen. Some days you're not motivated. Some days it's too hot. Some days you're not feeling it. Some days you want to be lazy. And look, it's okay to have those days on occasion. But in this case, I want to be able to stand on that start line with full confidence, knowing that I've done everything I could. And so my theme is be willing to do what it takes. And so when I'm struggling with motivation, when I don't want to get out the door, that's what I tell myself. And that connected with the goal that I have and the reason I want it gets me out the door. And then once I'm out the door, usually motivation follows action. And I'm always happy that I get it done. And then I'm on to the next. And some days it's easier than others. But having that simple reminder as a cue to snap me out of my funk has been so critical. Be willing to do what it takes. Another thing I've learned is just the importance of tapping speed and tapping strength. Obviously, it's something I've done in one form, really throughout my running journey, both of those things, tapping strength occasionally, tapping tapping speed tracks occasionally. But it's just a reminder as I've been in this part of my journey, particularly last year, that you have to just always keep coming back to that, particularly as you age, because it's absolutely critical to maintaining efficiency at the longer distances, the half marathon or the marathon. So if you're someone who's let yourself get away from either speed or strength, or if you're someone who hasn't yet incorporated those elements into your training, I highly encourage you to do it. Spend some time there. And of course, for everyone, it's going to layer in in a different way. And maybe you're focused right now on building volume instead of adding strength or doing speed. If that's true, then make sure you layer this in at a time that's appropriate where you're not layering in too much. But you got to get to those speed tracks on occasion. That's only going to help you be a faster marathoner or half marathoner. And at some point in your journey, if you haven't already incorporated it, you've got to incorporate strength where it makes sense for you and however it fits for you. That's a question you'll have to answer. But it's an important part of reaching that full potential. It's something that I've always done from a body weight perspective. Hasn't, I haven't done really until last year from a heavy weight perspective, at least consistently. Now I'm doing that. I'm seeing the gains. I believe that that will help me get incremental gains. And frankly, honestly, I wish I had done that or added that to my journey sooner in the equation, but I didn't. And here we are, and I'm not going to look back and second guess. But I would just encourage you, if you're early in your journey or even if you're late in your journey, just don't neglect that piece. And at some point, once you've worked on the other pieces, if you're adding a new thing to one block of training, make it that so that you can incorporate that consistently in your training and give yourself time to do it. For me, again, it took me about 10 months to really feel the benefit. I think for those that are younger, it might take less time. But my point is just be patient with it. And yes, 
I was running during that time. I was training during that time, but I knew that during that time I had to have a pressure release valve when I was adding strength. And for me, that became volume. At the time I was doing less volume so that I could incorporate strength and do it in a way that kept me healthy versus trying to do everything at the same time. Got to be careful of that, but don't neglect the strength at some point. It's going to be a big part of you reaching your full potential. The last thing I would say here before I wrap this episode, this update is don't forget to have fun with it along the way. I would say one of the most sustaining parts of where I'm at in this journey is that I'm enjoying the process so much and I'm enjoying who I'm doing it with. I enjoy working with Jonas. I enjoy his team at Infinite. I certainly enjoy my team at Team Rogue and the, the people that I have the privilege of running with and working with my coach, Kathy, I enjoy it. And I enjoy the process. I enjoy the people I get to run with on those days where I'm not working out. I'm just enjoying it. I'm having fun with it. I'm back to a place where I'm just absolutely loving the process, which certainly has ebbed and flowed for me periodically throughout my years in this running journey. But even in spite of the big goals and the quote pressure that might come with that, I am absolutely just loving the process. Doesn't mean I'm motivated to go every day, certainly, but man, I'm having a lot of fun and really enjoying it. And you can't lose that aspect. And as for me, that means mostly at this point, just surrounding myself with the right people, the right team, people that I want to hang out with, people that I want to do the work with, people that I want pushing me around me, the athletes that I coach, that I gain so much inspiration from. In this journey, it's so fun to see their results and to have that reinforce inspiration in my journey. So I thank you to all of those that I have the opportunity to coach and also all of those who listen, who occasionally email me and tell me about the things they've been able to accomplish by listening to this podcast. I'm telling you, it feeds me as a coach. It feeds me as an athlete. It's feeding me on this journey to hopefully taking a big swing in a marathon PR in January. So there you go. That's the update on where I'm at. I'm in a really good spot. Knock on wood. Excited about taking these small steps, continuing to build brick by brick to Houston in 2024. And we're going to take a swing at it. We're going to go for it. And I will keep you updated along the way. And thanks for indulging me with this update. Hope it was helpful. Hope it helps give you some motivation on your journey, whatever that might look like. So with that, we'll wrap this episode. This has been episode 321 of the Running Rogue podcast. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, talk to you soon.